Welcome to the Oxygen Mass Podcast. If you are here as a parent or caregiver, educator or grandparent, we are glad to have you listening. This program is geared for the autism parent, but we welcome and invite all who feel called to be here with us. I'm Tara, and I'm your co-host, along with my partner, Beth. The title of this podcast, The Oxygen Mask, is based on a metaphor. Just as you are instructed on an airplane to put on your own mask before helping others, we believe we need to practice helping ourselves as parents so we can best help our children. Hi, I'm Beth. At the beginning of each episode, we'll turn that metaphor, that symbol of an oxygen mask, into a concrete practice, pausing a few minutes each day to quiet our busy minds and breathe into our bellies provides a surge of stress-reducing neurochemicals. With practice over time, we actually build pathways in our brains that help reduce our stress response. So even if you hit play on this podcast about to enter multitasking mode, please take a moment of pause for yourself. Let's begin. Close your eyes softly and bring your attention to your feet as they contact the surface beneath them, rooting you to this moment. Roll your shoulders back. Let them settle in a strong, relaxed posture. Take a belly breath in through your nose. Feel the sensation of air in your nostrils, in the back of your throat. Exhale slowly. Notice your chest fall and your belly soften. Draw another deep breath into your belly. Envision the cool air swirling up across your forehead. Exhale, picturing the warm air going down the back of your neck and over your shoulders. Bring your attention to your face, your temples, your jaw. Take a final cleansing breath in. At the top of your in-breath, bend your elbows and softly place your hands on your hips. Exhale slowly, perhaps letting a smile curl the corners of your mouth. Hold this posture for a few seconds as you open your eyes. Again, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to the Oxygen Mask Podcast. I'm Tara and I'm here with my co-host Beth. And today we're going to be talking about reframing challenges, taking a strengths-based approach. So Beth, welcome. Hi. Hey. What a weird month, right? Here we are. <laughs> yes. So it's April, Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month. Um, and it's been a very strange ride over the last four or five weeks um, with the coronavirus pandemic. And um, I think we recorded our last podcast. We were remembering as one of our last um, social gathering, pre-social distancing activities. Um, yeah, for sure. That was since mid-March. I know that was the closest I've been to, you know, strangers, <laughs> not strangers, know. But, you know, people outside of my home uh, in a very long time. So right. and it feels like it just swept in kind of quickly. So yeah, it's been super weird where time has gone, you know, super fast and super slow all at once. And right. And I, the fog, yeah. I, the brain fog sort of distractibility. Yeah. And so um, we have tried to record this episode a couple of times <laughs> with some distractions, interruptions, and um, just getting our, our thoughts out of our brains. Um, yeah, like trying to find uh, the focus and also like the not being in person. So we're trying right. to, you know, over Zoom, uh, which is working, but it's also just a new, uh, yeah. a new format. So yeah. 
And I mean, we could do a whole episode about the virus and distance learning and all family really close together for long periods of time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't want to gloss over that, you know, families are going through an awful lot. um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, respectively, we're each going through an awful lot and we're all trying to do our best. But um, there's plenty of that out there and plenty of talk about, you know, the way the challenges in the world today. Um, But let's, you know, focus on how we can shift our perspective and focus on strengths in general. Um, Mm -hmm. And but particularly with um, our our autism journey, too. So um, we talked about having this show back beforehand, you know, before all of this hit and thought it's, it's such a good topic, but now it seems even more timely with given that we all are kind of in this boat of, of riding through some challenges. So mm-hmm. how we can shift that lens. And uh, I tend to try to operate my life through that lens of like gratitude. Um, and what, it's one of the things that I like to talk about on like how we can view autism as a strength and how I can challenge parents to, you know, view autism through a different lens because, um, doing that, then you'll use different language when describing your child and that language really matters. So Mm -hmm. you can't ignore the challenges. Um, Of course, we're not saying that and we're not saying like, oh, just forget and ignore and gloss over. Um, But you can start to place equal emphasis, um, equal energy and time on your child's capabilities and on their strengths, Mm -hmm. because it's important. And and really, sometimes I feel like um, early on when you're maybe just getting an evaluation or going through the diagnosis process or navigating services, you're hearing a lot of kind of it's, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of unknowns. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean that what you knew of your child and what the ways that you would have described him or her before all of this happened were were off or were not correct. They were absolutely an accurate description of the kid you know and right. grown. Um, so if, if anything, I think early on in that process, the scale gets a little out of whack and you're sort of on the negative yeah. um, deficits um, side because you're finding support. So um, Right. And part of, we talked about that in earlier episodes too, where part of that journey is that you do have to identify those deficits so that you can put a plan in place to, you know, help your child live their best life. Um, But we also just have to like pay attention to the strengths part of it too. So, and I wonder if there, I think there might be just this like an intentional shift of, okay, we're stable. Let's really dig deep into some of the the positives of um, your child's attributes and characteristics. And I know for my son, um, some descriptions. He's so thorough. He's a deep thinker. We always would say, oh, he'll be an engineer like his dad, you know, and still absolutely accurate um, right. to how he is. He's good at making connections. He'll bring up memories of things from different times that I would never have thought of. Um, and I feel like maybe that process of noticing and naming for your child on the spectrum spreads out to the whole family. It becomes about each family member and Mm -hmm. what each of us brings to the kind of whole family system. Um, So like I was telling my husband, we were talking about strengths ahead of this episode with the kids. And I told my husband, I'm like, I feel like you are very in the moment and you give yourself permission to rest and be content 
Um, whereas I'm kind of spinning and I can kind of get on everybody's nerves. And so, <laughs> you know, I mean, again, I don't want to make me all negative and him all positive, but to say that I'm learning from him and I'm appreciating uh, right. that characteristic of, of him and it's stretching me in a good way. So I feel like the more we get to know each of us as, as family members, we become more aware of our family dynamic. So maybe the neighbors down the street are in three different sports and go out every weekend to such and such or, and that's just not us. Like we can embrace that. What we are is Friday nights and no plans on Saturdays or whatever. Right. Right. Um, And then we get to embrace what we actually are and not stretch for what the comparison factor might be. Oh yeah. Like that should thing, you know, happens and creeps into all kinds of areas of life. We should probably honor that in our own families too. Mm -hmm. And like, Hey, this is our family strength. So. Right. Not what's out there, but what is, I mean, here we are cooped up in our homes for weeks on end. What is (laughs) here? What do we have? What are we in a healthy balanced kind of way? So. Yeah. You know, I've photographed a lot of different children on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, often there's like little things that drive parents crazy, right? <laughs> About yes. their kids that, or that are really truly a challenge or scary, you know, too. Like um, I photographed one little boy who his mom mentioned how fearless he is, right? Like that was one of the challenges that he has. And I have used him as an example when I've given talks because it's really interesting when I've asked um Uh, middle schoolers or high school students, you know, how could being fearless be a a strength in a career? Like what kind of career could somebody have if they had no sense of fear? Now as a challenge or as a parent, it's a big challenge to keep a child that's fearless safe, right? Because they're Mm -hmm. picking locks and climbing and bolting and all of that kind of, you know, won't hang onto your hand in a parking lot and stuff. But later on, where does that come into play and how could that be a strength? And, mm-hmm. you know, students have given me all kinds of great ideas like military and firefighter and even like stunt man. And mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. This little boy that I'm thinking of could definitely be a stunt man, you know, like yeah. there's just no fear in that. And, you know, sometimes reframing it can, can mm-hmm. ease that burden of stress in like trying to keep them safe right a friend of mine um was talking she's into rock climbing and um she had this story about this boy who would just climb everything climbing up on the roof and and getting him into like having an outlet or a place for that to happen right well and i think you have to um use that right like um just using that fixation or that um Mm -hmm. that passion for something or, you know, if they can't stop climbing, let them climb. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's the whole book called Give Him the Whale by Patrick Schwartz and Paula Kluth. And, you know, talking about like, if somebody, if a child has a fixation on a whale, don't try to limit that as much as like, sink into it and get into what they are into. So and use that as a way in. So using that as a, a, a touch point and then expanding upon that with them. Mm-hmm. So I think the concept is really interesting because a lot of times I think we do try to squash those passions or, or those fixations mm-hmm. and maybe using that instead as a way of building. I feel like that's the strength excitement. Like as yeah. kids get a little more that they show you what they're capable of. It's been super fun in the last couple of years, three years maybe, to see 
recognize what Lucas's strengths are and figure out how to build them. So, and how to connect to them. So, um, he's gotten into mountain biking and that's been amazing. The whole family now has good enough bikes to go on trails. Um, and uh, he loves the up and down and the twists around. And I can just see him get locked into this sort of zone of Mm -hmm. anticipating what's coming and feeling the leans around the corners. And, um, so that's been really cool. And then once I see him sort of step into that and, and so we've, then signed up for like the only summer camp that he's really ever been interested in. He yeah. will do that because it's kind of linked and attached to right. um, his favorite activity. And there, then we got another friend to join us this last year. And then we have that kind of flourishing connection of social yeah. possibilities stemming from that strength. And that's such a great you know. example of meeting your child where they are, right. Mm-hmm. And using that kind of, interest to launch him further you know now you're building out his social circle Mm -hmm. and you're building out new experiences and you as a family you know you're you're appreciating and learning a new skill along with him and that's so exciting we'll go to like local lebanon hills is nearby Mm -hmm. and theodore worth and we were even getting out to places that we wouldn't otherwise check out but and then i guess it helps me now that I see that, I recognize that theme through his whole childhood, that sensory seeking right. dive bomb sort of crash and, you know, roll with Which I'm sure drove of. you crazy at the it time. It did. <laughs> Absolutely. All I could do was get outside. Let's pour, right. it would like pour out of the front, front of the house. <laughs> like let's get anywhere, but all over the walls and furniture. Um, right. So yeah, it was super hard early on. And now I can see oh yeah, it's totally consistent. It's a through line sort of for his childhood. And last, I think I said this before, but this last winter we started with downhill skiing Mm. and I didn't, I kind of dreaded trying it like, all right, we're going to do this. I was holding (laughs) my breath and he loved it. And of course, when I watch him go down and look at the slopes and map out the the terrain of the whole um, area, I can see that same click in his mind, like, oh, right, right. this is going to feel good. And, and Right. So some of the skills that he has, you were mentioning, you know, that attention to detail and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff probably serve him really well on those crazy courses of, you know, oh, yeah. mountain biking and downhill skiing. Like mm-hmm. I would be a mess. I, I wouldn't be able to see that quickly and process things that quickly and be able to react that quickly. And I would not enjoy any of that. (laughs) One of his favorite things now is to take new friends on these bike paths that he knows. And then he'll say, this is the Turkey's traverse. And this is the blah, blah, blah trail. And he wants, I could see him now being a tour guide of some sort. He's a mountain bike guide. Yeah. (laughs) See, there's a a job for everybody. (laughs) Right, right. But, you know, those superpower sort of pieces, you talk about that with autism, like I know Lucas has, um, he's always been so into numbers, tracking addresses and license plates. And um, one time I lost my license plate in a snowbank at school and I didn't, I didn't know it, but it was like weeks into like at least two weeks into Christmas break and my (laughs) son was like, mom, do you remember when you had a, a front license plate on the car? like as if he was remembering some wonderful time back in the day. And I said, I was like, don't I have one right now? No. And I, and I asked him more questions. Like, when did you see it last? And where did you, where did yeah. you, 
it made me realize that he checks license plates of like every vehicle in the parking yeah. lot and ours as well. And, and he was able to tell me that we lost it most likely at school. So I called the front desk and she said, the front per desk person said, yeah, we gave it to our what? community resource officer. And, oh, the, and we had to go meet the police resource officer and get our license plate back. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's remarkable. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, so that's one of those exceptional, like, wow stories. But at the same time, that's happening all the time in his yeah. head. Like, that's yeah. not just that one time. And so to realize yeah. that that's exhausting to him, too, that, that all yeah. that calculating, remembering, Yeah, cataloging it all, right? Yeah. yeah. So I have to remind myself of that. Like, his strengths yeah. also can be fatiguing. So Oh, for sure. But that's so remarkable. I'm just fascinated by kids that have that kind of memory stuff that, I mean, yeah. that's got to be a fantastic um, skill as an employee for some mm -hmm. organization. I mean, I don't know. But, like, th that has to be really powerful. Right. Um, yeah. And I don't really know yet, you know, with the biking and sensory seeking stuff, mm -hmm. that sort of come full circle with the numbers and inventorying. I don't fully understand how it calculates into something bigger, but I know right. that it's not, it's how he's wired. And yeah. if we keep experimenting with like coding or um, he's into structural engineering and this mm -hmm. co-op class we're doing and We'll just keep tinkering around with stuff at the edges of the, those strings. Right. And you don't need to know like, oh, this means he's going to be X, Y, Z. It's just following that curiosity like you're right. doing with him. And I think that's what we can do for any of our kids, whether they're mm -hmm. on the spectrum or not. Like just, I think for some uh, neurotypical kids, it's a little easier to see some of those, you know, uh, natural curiosities, but with kids yeah. on the spectrum, sometimes they sort of present themselves as challenges first and you mm -hmm. kind of have to look past that and go, Oh, he's really, you know, like as a, as a youngster, Lucas was really into crashing and, you know, all mm -hmm. that sensory seeking. And now you're like, oh, he would be really good at downhill skiing or mountain mm -hmm. biking or some of those things where it's an appropriate channel for that kind of energy. So mm -hmm. it just, you have to look a little bit deeper sometimes um, mm -hmm. with the autism to find those channels uh, of how to take those superpowers and those super senses and energy and, and put them into something. So, and when you do that, then... I imagine that he's gaining tremendous confidence in himself and it, you know, boosts the mm -hmm. self-esteem that you're good at something and mm -hmm. right. Definitely more willing to take risks or get out yeah. of his comfort zone when it's attached to something that he loves and, you know, right. Yeah. I think, you know, Alex has gained a lot of confidence in himself too, just through um, some of the activities he's been in, but specifically um, I know Boy Scouts has been a big part of his life and has really helped, um, helped branch him out on things that he didn't even know he liked, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I knew he liked spending time outdoors, but, um, you know, to say, hey, you're going to go camping for a weekend all by yourself with, you know, not a parent, but, you know, just with his brothers and mm -hmm. fellow scouts, it's not probably something he was like, yeah, I want to do that. So yeah. I've had to push him a little bit. And then also for me to step back and let him do those things and maybe mm -hmm. even fail at them and, and then have that, um, the chance to overcome and succeed on, on those things. So mm -hmm. like he, the first year that they did um, his week long camp, um, the one that their, their troop goes on every year, the youngest scouts have to do a five mile trek. And um, there's a halfway point where they stop and get root beer or something like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's not easy for, I think he was between fifth and sixth grade. Um, and sometimes they don't quite have the strength or, you know, the stamina to go that far. 
Well, they got all the way to the halfway point and Alex was kind of struggling a little bit. And when he, um, at the time when he struggled, he would kind of shut down. Um, and so, but he was kind of in between this phase of like quickly adapting and getting stuck. So mm -hmm. thankfully he adapted and, and persevered. Had I been there, he probably would have melted down yes. and gotten stuck. So yes. <laughs> right? I wasn't there. And so he persevered. Um, mm -hmm. And they turn around, oh, he had lost his shoe. That's one thing. His shoe came off in the mud or something like that and got stuck. And that was kind of upsetting. Um, and then he completely lost his water bottle um, on the way back. They realized they didn't know where it was. And that kind of derailed him a little bit too. But it was all part of the adventure. And they got back all the way back to camp and just in time for dinner, you know, almost had, had missed it. And one of the things I had him do was like keep a little journal um, that week mm -hmm. so that I could at least hear what he had been doing. And uh, it was so cute because he drew pictures as his journal. And I know um, he, he still thinks of this five mile trek as something to be really proud of because he said it was the hardest thing that he did, but it was also, um, you know, he overcame it and was really proud of that and had that sense of pride from it. Mm -hmm. So being allowed to try and persevere. I mean, he's always been tenacious and, and persevering. So it's no surprise to me that he did not quit when mm -hmm. easily, you know, there were other troops that chose to get a ride back, you know, from the halfway point. And this little group, which included some other kids on the spectrum too, um, you know, kind of a motley group and, and they persevered and finished the entire five mile trek. And it's still mm -hmm. something he's really proud of. So yeah, having the opportunity to do stuff like that um, mm -hmm. has been really invaluable. So, And how cool that if you recognized his perseverance in a lot of different ways through his childhood, and now he gets to step into that for himself and recognize yeah. it, not just from your words and your observations, but mm -hmm. then to live it's like a self-fulfilling self prophecy or something. Yeah. And there were certainly times when that perseverance was, was more of a mm -hmm. stuck pattern um, of being fixated on like, I, mm -hmm. you know, not being able to move on from things. Mm -hmm. um, and that was certainly a challenge at some time, but I remind him now too, you know, even though that he had at times those, though there were times when this perseverance has worked against him, it's mm -hmm. also a huge skill for him and it's a huge um, strength for him. And I remind him that all the time, like he will never, ever quit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, most kids will, most kids will, will quit those things when it becomes hard, but he never does. So. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's a super cool, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe he's stubborn like his mama. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and then later on, as he gets older to start noticing, okay, how's it going? I'm sticking with it. Is it, is this a good thing for me? You know, like, right. Yeah. Than and whatever, but for yeah. his age, that's so, that's so cool. Yeah. 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 And where, you know, what you know of your family members, like for Lucas and extracurriculars and stuff, we know that he prefers to be in a group, of, a smaller group of kids who really share the same interests instead mm. of throwing him into a camp of 20 kids or something like that. So I don't know. You got to do what's right for you and what's right for your family and what feels particularly in this time and giving yourself a lot of grace and right. um, a lot of breathing space. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now you had talked about gratitude practice. Should we wrap up with an idea around that? With Yeah. Gratitude's been my jam for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And I, I just feel like it's super powerful practice. Um, and it's a good reminder to get in this practice at this time again, like for me personally, like it's a good reminder mm -hmm. to, um, to know that I can shift my energy through this kind of simple noticing and feeling grateful for things. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, one gratitude practice is to, or, and a challenge or maybe a, a homework assignment that we have for people listening is um, maybe write down one thing about each member of your family um, that you're grateful for. And you have to also not just, cause it's really easy to say, oh, I'm grateful for my son or my family or, you know, I'm thankful for yeah. those things every day. But how do you kind of power boost that is that you need to add in the why and something very specific. So um, it just adds more to, to the gratitude, more feeling to it. And then mm-hmm. and that kind of carries through the rest of the day um, for you too. So yeah. for example, I might say like, I'm really grateful for my son um, that because he took the garbage out without asking. And I'm so grateful that I'm raising a responsible young man, right? Mm-hmm. That's way different than just saying, I'm, I'm thankful for my son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be my assignment. Yeah, that's great. Those simple, specific moments. Um, yeah. Yeah, recognize them and connect them to the big picture. Yeah, so we challenge you to try that. And um, thank you for coming along and listening. And we'd love to hear um, any challenges that you're having and how you might be reframing those. We invite you to sit with or walk, run, drive, or rest with today's conversation, mingling among the many things in your mind. What kernels of joy and reassurance did you find? Where did you feel a rub of resistance? Let us know so we can learn and grow together. You can comment and subscribe to the podcast at Communities Engaging Autism's website at www.cea4, that's the number four, autism.org. Share the podcast with members of your village to strengthen those essential connections. And above all, please secure your own oxygen mask before helping others.